Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my slightly shorter and younger cousin, Jados. <laughs> coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. And we are back with another podcast. This is super exciting. It's been a big week of AFL Fantasy this week, hasn't it, Cuz? It has. The The practice matches are, have all been completed, except for two teams. Yeah. It's good. It's good to, to actually talk some footy, have some- It's good to talk footy. Have some data. Yeah. It's, um, it's good to just finally be here to record this pod because we've been, <laughs> we've been watching the games, trying to catch up amongst our busy schedules. It's been a long, a long preseason at Cousins HQ. Yeah. Yeah. And just a, a long couple of days, honestly. <laughs> um, the prep for this pod has been massive, but we're stoked just to get into it and talk. It's been a and big actually day. <laughs> talk about the players because we've been we've been holding back and we're like, nah, save it for the pod, save it for the podcast. Um, and so here we are. It's going to be good. Um, and I'm just going to roll in to our first. We're going to start with actually a new segment, which is pretty exciting. Um, so this is our new segment: hot takes slash bakes. <laughs> All right, so this is hot takes slash. I guess today is more like hot bakes than than hot takes, but um, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the title is pretty self-explanatory about what this is all about. So I'm just going to kick us off, and I just want to say that I feel generally the fantasy community this week has just gone ice cold on Jack McRae. Um, there's talk of, you know, a slightly different role. He's rotated through half forward in their intra-club. It's weird. Um, come on, guys. It's Jack McRae. Put some respect on his name. Um, if, like, the way I see it, come round one, if Jack McRae is playing off half forward, something is seriously wrong, especially if Dunkley has just left. Like, if Bevo is playing... Caleb Daniel in the midfield over Jack McRae. Yeah. Th- something has just gone seriously wrong there. There is absolutely no way Jack McRae is going to play off our forward in, in, in the <laughs> regular season. It won't happen. Yeah. He's, a, he's an all-Australian and elite midfielder. Yeah. I don't think he, he really would have the best forward craft either. Yeah. Just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I've, I've watched it. Like McRae's ownership has just been dipping and dipping. It's like below mm. 15% now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's almost unique. That is yeah. crazy. It's crazy. For a player of his skill who's underpriced. Yeah. I just, it, it baffles me, honestly. Um, so just, yeah. Jack McRae. Come on, guys. Get a grip. <laughs> All right. The second one. I've heard a lot of talk about Wayne Miller um, throughout the uh, Crows intra-club and the practice match that they had the other day. Now, Miller, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I do have to say he's ticked more boxes than he did this time last year. Yeah, he has. He definitely has. Because <laughs> at least he's played a practice <laughs> match. 
I can't believe we all picked him last year off the back of like no preseason. But honestly, Wayne Miller is just I what in what world is he really gonna be good at fantasy? Like his career best season is seventy seven. Yeah. Seventy seven average. It's just the the price point that that I've got people keen, but as a forward, you're not touching that. He's yucky. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just come on, guys. Let's just remember that we're talking about Wayne Miller. When has he ever actually been good for us? Never. Never. He, Even in his good season, he got injured and yeah, let us down. He's inconsistent. He's injury prone. And he's yeah. generally just not a fantasy player. Because yeah. I owned him in that season, his career best yeah. season. And it wasn't fun. Yeah. It was not fun. It was, so just remember, guys. He was Wayne good Miller. at the start by that. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> All right. My, my, uh, my first hot take. Sandberry, 100 plus. And it's pretty self-explanatory. Sandberry is the man, the man. If there was only one man, it would be Sam. He's, his CBAs have gone up. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh at Bez, mate. He's the man. Ex- explain to me the laughter. If I was just laughing at you saying he was the, if he was the only man. It's true. Yeah, it's Sam the man. It's dead set That's true. his nickname, I guess. But so he averaged 91.2 after the bye last year, also 11 tackles after the bye last year. He's basically going to be a pure mid this year. And what? No, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> I just, your your mission is just, <laughs> you talked about Sam Barry on the last like two pods already. And you're just you're kicking us off with a Sam, with Sanberry stats. There's a reason why. Yeah, I've, we haven't I've, even got into the first, we haven't even got into his game yet, and you're just listing off Sanberry stats. Sixty eight percent CBAs <laughs> in the practice match. Sanberry hundred plus. It's happening. All right, that's Keeb's hot take. I've got another one for you guys. So I've heard uh, I've heard a little bit on Twitter about Gorn and Grundy just being bad this year, or both of them going to regress. Um. Honestly, in that in that practice game, they looked awesome. Both of them looked awesome. They're both mm. taking intercept marks. Um, now that it, it, I guess it is a bit of an, an unknown for all of us. Like we've never seen two fantasy like premium ruckmans in the same team at the same time. But I can't see a world where they're both gonna be bad. Yeah, someone someone posted a, a, a hot take on Twitter saying. He thinks they'd average less than 185 combined and use Cox and Nat Nui as an example. But Cox was, you know, a good fantasy player in his prime, but Nick Nat was not. <laughs> Cox averaged 99.5, Nick Nat 86 for a 185.5 average. There's no way Gorn and Grundy would do less than that. Yeah. As a and the, the funny thing about that, right, is that for both of them, those two averages for those seasons – like stack pretty highly amongst those two players' career averages. Yeah, exactly. So they both performed like close to their career average together in the same team in the same season. Well, Nick Nick Nat is considerably higher than his career average in that season. Yes, yeah. So it's 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 a bit of a, a an odd point. Like it doesn't quite <laughs> it doesn't quite stack up. Yeah. And Do- what was what was the other stat as well about? Gorn and Jackson. So they equaled 174.5 together last year. But Grundy is twice the player of Jackson and then some. I, I just I can't see I can't see it going going badly for him. 
They're too good. You're talking about the Ruck Pig and probably the second best fantasy Ruckman of all time together. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, right? So say Grundy plays like 60% Ruck time and goes up against the other team's number one Ruckman. You just got to think about the fact that Gorn is going to be like behind the ball, taking intercept marks, forward of the ball, like kicking some goals. And then when he chops out in the ruck, he's gonna it's gonna be Max Gorn up against every other team's number two ruckman. And he's just gonna give him an absolute bath yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. I think we're gonna see like dominant seasons from both of them. It's as classic picks, it, we'll, we'll discuss this a bit later. It is hard because they're gonna share, but I think they're gonna like as a combined average, they're gonna eclipse 185. So that's that's our hot take. I think they're both gonna be good. Yeah. I, I've got a hot bake as well for you, and it is that Scott Lysette is bad. <laughs> He's just straight up bad at fantasy. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of people. It's because of the the uncertainty uncertainty of the ruck line this year. But a lot of people on Twitter pumping up Lysette, saying he's a good classic option because he could do like you know mid 80s. Yuck! That's gross. <laughs> I don't want that anywhere near my team. His his career high is like 85. As an average, he's priced at what seventy one, close to. He's just not. It's just gross. He's not. He, uh, I don't. So know. let's say let's say Lysett has a good season. What is he average? Eighty. Yeah. Honestly, so I, that's so good season. He puts a maximum of nine points upside on his price. Yeah, I don't even think he'll get to eighty. To be honest, like there's pressure for his his spot as a number one ruck at Port now, and. He's just not a fantasy player. Like, even though he's slightly underpriced, why would you start with a guy whose peak is like an 85 and he's not in career best form by any stretch of the imagination? Just doesn't make any sense to me. Don't do it, people. Do not do it. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. That R2 position is, there's a lot of talk around it, but I don't think Scott Lysa is the answer. Yeah, no, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we've come in hot. This is... um. This is a fun way to start the pod, <laughs> just with a couple of couple of bakes. But yeah, I think we should get cranking into um, these practice matches. Yes. All right. So Hawks v Geelong is the first one we'll touch on. Do Do you want to flag a couple of things before we before we start rattling off names? Yeah. So in I guess in these practice matches, we're more looking for mid prices and I guess the roles of rookies than you know seeing what our premiums are doing because. Oftentimes, the premiums don't really try too hard in these games. They're kind of just ticking the legs over, coasting through. Yeah. Um, I think in general, you're just looking for role. I think CBA numbers are, are pretty important, but you also remember that some players are missing. A lot of premium players aren't trying. And the other thing is we don't have stats. Yeah, so even, even no on stats. Twitter, right? Even on Twitter, someone says, oh, so-and-so dominated. And then, like, other people fly under the radar. They might have had a really good fantasy game. Like, you don't know. Like, someone may have laid, like, 10 tackles that you just didn't notice. Yeah. Like, people... The thing with these games is that everyone is noticing sort of what they want to notice. Yeah. You, you can't notice every player when there are no stats. Well, you, yeah. You kind of go into the game with an idea of your head of who you want to look at and, and what you're looking for. And so, sometimes it can be hard to, to see all the other things when you're kind of already set set in your yeah exactly so we just kind of wanted to flag that we're going to talk about i mean we've got close to 100 names here that we're going to talk about and we're going to we're going to fly through it but we like it's also this is like what we noticed 
the two of us, like this is what we saw with our own eyes. Other people see all kinds of different things. But yeah, that's just our flag about what the nature of these practice games. All right. So we'll start with Hawks and Geelong and I'll I'll fly through these names. Uh, Jack Bowes, he played really well. He only played the first half. He had about 13% CBAs. Um, when he came up around the ball, was dominating and was even dominating from half forward. Um, yeah, he, he played a really good game, but it's hard to see him spending too much time in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, he's interesting. Um, I, it's just a watch list from here mm. um, because, yeah, low CBAs, but he dominated. Um, from all, Like when he was a junior, he was a midfielder and he has like really good fantasy junior numbers. So yeah, 118 in the NAB League. Average. If he does get the role, that's that that could be a really good pick. But at this stage, you want to see those CBAs come up. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Brune, he had the most CBAs for Geelong. He actually played a really good game as well. But the thing with him is he's never really shown to be a fantasy player. Like he can rack up, but he doesn't tackle. He doesn't take marks. He doesn't really hit the scoreboard. It's definitely a watch list though. <laughs> you hated this because you're a, you're a Tanner Brune hater. Yeah, it's because he, <laughs> he did me dirty in keeper. <laughs> um, John Newcomb did, you know, basically what you'd expect from him. Tackled hard, played hard. I think he can push up to close to 100 this year. Um, he's Hawks number one mid. Moore lost all his CBAs and was playing forward. Um, I don't I don't think you can touch Moore in, in classic this year. Yeah, he's a, he's a massive flag. You because all the signs pointed to him, you know, having a having a prop like another breakout and taking another step and potentially pushing to be a top six forward, but with zero percent CBAs, he's just that's a huge flag. You wouldn't touch it. Yeah, for sure. Uh Asava Radaglia, he played really well behind the ball in defense, took a few marks, and I've heard people talk about him as a potential R2 option, which nah. just yeah, you could not do at all. As, yeah, you, you, you don't want to start key defenders in defense, let alone in your ruck line. <laughs> um, I think he could be a good R3 option, though, if you're looking for someone to, you know, just have as cover for, for one of your rucks. Yeah. Uh, Ned Reeves and Lloyd Meek. Reeves was comfortably the Hawks' number one ruckman, and I think he will be going into the season. He had, I think, 77% of their CBAs. Um, Meek was, yeah, Meek was the second most out of their rucks, but he only had like 12%. So. Yeah, I think you put a line through both of them for classic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, will Day came in and, and played in the midfield and was really, really good. He had a lot of clearances. I think he had about 40% CBAs. Um, but yeah, when he went in, he, he he played well. It's hard to see if he's going to have too much of a, of a fantasy game about him just yet. I think we need – he's one player we need the stats for. Yeah. Well, he's he's a massive watch because he also got a pump up from like their assistant coach after yeah, the game David as well. Hope. Yeah, saying like he, they really liked what he did in the midfield. He provided a lot. So, I mean, he could – he's so cheap. But – Yeah, he is. As a defender, I could not touch it. But yeah. It, yeah, so it's a watch for me because 50 cent CBAs is, is a lot. I think if he gets rolling in the back line as well this year and like sort of gets amongst the junk plus a few CBAs. I could see him honestly doing like 90 plus at, at you no. know, if, at, like with, with a, with a proper breakout season, he, he's got that type of talent, but I'm not saying that I think that will happen. I just think that's the ceiling for this year for him. Uh, Josh Ward, he came on, I think late in the first quarter and then was 
you know, pretty solid in the in the midfield. I think he's he's going to have the breakout that we talked about. It's just hard to it's hard to start with him in classic because he's had a bit of an interrupted preseason. Yeah, we here at the Cousins Cousins HQ we love Josh Ward. He's one of our boys. Yeah, we are massive Josh Ward um, fans. But yeah, um, you probably want slightly more than forty percent to um start in classic. But yeah, I mean, it's still he's still on the watch list. He's doing enough. Uh Jai Clark and Cam McKenzie aren't in. Geelong and Hawthorne's best teams, respectively. So um, it's looking like you can sort of cross them, cross them off your list. Warps. There's been a bit of contention on this uh, in the in the Twitter sphere. He played mid. I think he had the second most CBAs for the Hawks. He found plenty of the ball, um, and he was competing well. His disposal was bad, but you know it's just a it's just a preseason game. Um, I think the fact that he actually found the ball and had an impact is is more than enough at his price because he's he's super cheap compared to um, what he can do, which is high nineties. Tom Stewart, you know, was fine. He's probably going to be a mid nineties guy again. Sicily the same. Um, maybe Sicily could have a little bit of upside just because the Hawks aren't a great team, um, but I don't think he's he's a classic starting option. And Weddle played on the wing, Josh Weddle. Um, Sam Mitchell really likes him, and he's been sort of pumped up as as a Blixarves type because he's athletic. But I don't think that he sh- he showed a lot in the in the preseason game. No, so. I'm not. I don't. I don't think he's going to get a game round one. Well, we'll see. Yeah, he might put his hand up, but at this stage, yeah, I'm yeah, keen to steer clear. All right. So the next game is Gold Coast and Essendon. Uh, Tuke didn't play, but Sam Flanders had a <laughs> massive. <laughs> I mean, massive that was the standout for you. So when this game was happening, you were watching this basically live. Yeah. Um, and just I, I was getting bombarded with, with messages from Keeps being like, "Sam Flanders is the man." I love Sam, Sam Flanders. <laughs> is my boy. I saw him first, and all this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm claiming him as my boy, but I took him. I took him pretty early in keeper, so I, I was feeling pretty chuffed about <laughs> watching the game. He, he didn't have many CBAs, but he was making a massive impact coming from – he was starting forward, pushing up to all the stoppages around the ground. Um, he had a fair few clearances as well. And, and yeah, those few CBAs, which I, I don't think the CBAs will translate to the regular season, but if he keeps that role of starting forward and pushing up, he could, he could have massive upside. Well, yeah, if you consider that he had low CBAs, even with Took out, it's like – I don't know. I, yeah, I I couldn't do it in class, especially when there are a few sort. There are so many options in the forward line. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's he's definitely one to watch. Uh Merritt was good, as you'd expect. Yeah, I mean it's Merritt. Well, yeah, he did everything you'd want to see. Yeah. Uh Noah Anderson put has looks like he's put some size on. Actually, he looks a lot bigger than what he did last year. Um, and I think he's primed to to. Go to the next level this year. He's going to have a big year. What do you think he can do, Keeps? Oh, 105. Maybe, maybe, maybe slightly more. It's not enough, in my opinion. It's probably not, but he could be a, a naughty little pod. Yeah. Um, Constable is a guy who is on a lot of people's radars, and he just ticked every box. He was fantastic. Um, he, he even took kickouts there in defense. He was flying for marks. He had the junk. most kickouts. Yeah, that, yeah, wow, that's a – how many? I think four. Yeah, that's 
that basically tells the whole story. If he's in the best 22, then I don't think you can you can go past him. He's way too cheap. Yeah, he had 57% kick-ins, played on four out of four times. Wow. Yeah, yeah that, that's actually massive. So start with Constable, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Wits was good in the ruck. He looked like he was moving a little bit better than last year. He looked great. Yeah, he did. I, I watched half of this game and big Witter still got it. Mm. He's he's a pod that I'd sort of be keen to start with, but um, yeah, the, it's, the ruck line's so hard. You could throw a blanket over him, but if you are keen on Wits, you can lock him in, I think, based on what we saw. Yeah. Menzi from the Bombers was really good. He kicked three goals. He could have had five. He he passed one off and then had another opportunity, which he baked. But um, he could be a really good rookie. He's 283K forward. Uh, Parrish looked phenomenal. Parrish, yeah. Honestly, he had the most CBAs. He looked mm. good. Um, if, you, if you were hot on Parrish, like he did everything you'd want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Humphreys, Bailey Humphreys from Gold Coast. Started in the middle. Had a few CBAs throughout the game. Um, he he got a little bit of it. Didn't have a massive impact, but he looked good. Um, and I think the fact that he played the whole game is is a good sign. So he's a guy that you can definitely look at starting. Setterfield played full time mid for the Bombers, but I wasn't I wasn't really massive on his game. He had the role, but you're a hater. Setterfield is one of those guys who you you really wanted to see a strong performance from in the preseason, and I don't think that he really ticked that box uh andy mcgrath played off half back he was fine could possibly have some upside this year he's priced at 81 i could see him going to higher 80s maybe but he didn't really look like he was gonna he's gonna boom or anything uh caldwell is bad at footy <laughs> just uh, so much was made over his move from the giants to essendon and it's just been a huge flop i i don't <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't see him being in the best 22 at any club. I, I, honestly, he's bad. And <laughs> Dylan Shield, it's only – all right, so it's only a practice game again. Dylan Shield is an established player. He's not He's not a premium by any stretch of the imagination, but he's an established player in the AFL. But he's he, a shocker. He also sucked and yeah. is just crap. Um, he's, not, he's not really relevant for classic, but, yeah, it, it was kind of funny because – I watched like probably most of this game and I did not realize he was playing up until about halfway through the second quarter. I was like, what? Dylan <laughs> Shields playing? And it turns out he was. Yeah, he just, he, he sucks. He, for AFL fantasy, <laughs> he's not an option. I just wanted to bring him up so I could smack him down. Uh, Draper came on halfway through the game and actually was pretty good in the ruck. And Essendon's mids seemed like they were sort of getting on top. Gave him a bit of a spark when he came in, but you probably you'd be a brave man to do it in classic. A very brave man. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> um, and Ridley looks like he's been freed up a little bit, but don't pick Ridley. Just yeah, again, just don't. Yeah, it's just a a, a, sm it's a, trap. a small flag that he might be getting a, a bit more easy ball, but you just don't don't do it. Do it's a do trap. It. All right, moving on again to West Coast Port. Uh, Lysette. Was good in the ruck, but Lysette is crap overall. He was <laughs> rucking against Bailey Williams, so just don't pay attention to that. Yo was awesome. He was getting cheap footy, uh, racking up like you would you would expect, like you would hope. He's just a huge lock. Yeah, he played a split midfield uh, defender role. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just do it. 
Yeah. Oscar Allen was was pretty good as well. If you if that's something you're keen on, he's about three fifty K and I reckon he could do seventy plus. Um but he was leading up at the ball, look looked pretty good, look looked strong. Uh Sheed had that inside mid role that everyone's keen on. That's that's a tick. Apparently he was quiet, but Yeah, he yeah, he was, but again, the role is enough, I think. Just with a practice match, like and, and for his price, the fact that he's, you know, 590k that's that's cheap enough even if he does you know a tick over 80 that he's, yeah. he's still got meat on the bone there uh rosie he's going to be a, a 50 50 forward mid split it looks like um all all the tweets on twitter were just like rosie best on ground he, like everyone pumped him up he's a gun he's he played a 50 50 split mid forward that's what I said, dog. Did you? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I have a habit of just not listening to you when you talk. <laughs> oh, funny. But, okay, so Rosie, I have serious FOMO about not having Rosie in my team at the moment, but I just can't fit him in. The only way it's going to happen is if I pick him as a mid. What do you think he averages? 100? Yeah. I, I, around about the 100 mark, either slightly below or slightly above. If it's slightly mm. above, he'll be an awesome pick. If it's slightly below, then you're okay to yeah. not have him. Yeah. But that's why I'm like so on the fence about it. I don't even yeah. So his numbers towards the back end of last year were massive. Um, I I don't think he's going to sustain that. I think he's a low, maybe a low hundreds guy. But there's just so many good forwards that I don't think missing the boat on him is going to be too detrimental. Yeah, like it still it still feels like it's a little bit of a risk to pick him. I think just because his history is not really great, except for. Last year, um, Chester was awesome. He was really good. He even had a couple of CBAs in there. Really? Yeah. Um, he was he was fantastic. He he'll play around one hundred percent. That's a quick turnaround yeah. from him. Like everyone was like, "Oh, he's not going to get a game," and like cross him off your list. And now it was. But yeah. 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 His but yeah, he's looking awesome, and he brings some much needed speed to to West Coast. Jaden Hunt was really good and I'm I'm keen on him in classic. Um he played played half back and just and found a lot of the ball. I've never been a hunt man, but he's he's in my team as well now. Yeah. Yeah. JHF was was good, but JHF is just not really a fantasy guy. He's the Hornet. Semi relevant because he's was a number one draft pick, but no nah, you just you don't do that. He could What? No nah. are you keen on it? No, I'm not keen, but he might. He could. He could prove you wrong. I just don't think he's going to be a fantasy I see a player. world where he could. Not this year. Maybe not. Not this yeah. year. Uh, Bergman has sexy hair. Jai Cully. <laughs> that's all you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it. How did he play? That's all the relevance. Oh, fine. Sexy. Yeah. He played sexy. Sexy because of his sexy hair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how does it look? Describe it to me. It's just luscious. You have no hair, it's, keeps. It's, yeah. I, so I maybe a, that's why he took notice. I'm a bald man. So I, I saw his luscious locks and was like, oh, look at it. What a stallion. <laughs> uh, Jai Cully is, I don't think he's going to get the role that we, we all hope for. He did He did have some midfield minutes, but it was it was only about 20% CBAs. Nothing, um, nothing really of note. So I don't think you can start him. Hewitt came on late and was good, but he's not in West Coast best 22. Uh, Wines looked looked pretty solid, and he could be significantly underpriced. It's interesting. No one's really talked about Ollie Wines at all. Yeah, he was like a one twelve guy two years ago in, in his Brownlow, in his Brownlow year. year. Yep, he was awesome. And then last year, 
injury affected, just had such a hot and cold year, but he ended really strong. And I was like, maybe he could be an underpriced guy. He's priced around 98, I think, 97, 98. And we know he can do 110 plus. And then he had a very injury interrupted preseason. So for me, that's like enough to cross him off my list. But man, like it's, he could have a good year. He could do 110. It's definitely relevant. Um, Noah Long did some nice things for West Coast. I don't know if he's in in the best 22, but he's basement price. Um, and if he gets a game, he could be a, a solid rookie option. Um, one of the ones that I'm I'm keen to talk about is Tickle. Right? He's Bryn Tickle. He's three. Tickle, tickle. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I'm just chiming in with the worst stuff right now. You're just you're trying to push through, and I'm I'm slowing you down. <laughs> No, okay. So, <laughs> Brent, Brent Tickle, 380K ruck. Um, you'd be a brave man to start him at R2. I don't think that's an option. And it is a lot of money to pay for an R3. But he played two games last year. One was a 27 from 34% TOG. And the other one, he played a full game as a number one ruck and he scored an 86. He looked solid. Um, I think he's going to be competing for the number one ruck spot at Port. Even if he doesn't get it, he'll be playing every week um, and he'll definitely get ruck minutes. So he's someone that I'm sort of keen. I'm looking at starting as my R3 now just to have a body there. Him or him or Asava, um, yeah, for the season. And I, I think he's got significant upside. Awesome. All right, so let's get into Adelaide versus Frio. Now, there are plenty of relevant names to get through for this one. And we're going to kick it off with the sexy giraffe. Riley O'Brien, because I was keen to watch the big fella play. He's made some comments over the preseason about wanting to improve his contested game. Um, And he actually hit the contest with a lot of energy in that game. He was laying a lot of tackles, but he kind of got dominated a bit in the (laughs) (laughs) round. So, I don't know. He's still a watch and see. I think he'll be good, but... Yeah, I love Rob. He's the man. He's one of the only premium ruck options that doesn't have any competition for his spot. So I think it's valuable to start to potentially start with a guy that's just going to 100% ruck and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then uh, also Dawson was awesome. Awesome Dawson. He was just racking up. I've kind of, I wasn't really that keen on him Mm. and still I'm iffy on it, but he could have an awesome season. He actually potentially has upside on his 100, 100 price tag. Yeah, I agree. I I was keen to fade basically all of the the high price primo defenders at the start of the preseason, but now we're inching closer to round one. I'm pretty. I'm feeling pretty pretty confident in Dawson, and yeah, I think he's got upside too. He looked so good. Like everything was just going through him. He yeah. was getting. He was taking intercept marks. He was just getting around the contest a bit as well. Like. Nice cheeky handballs. He was he was just finding the pill lots. Every kick in, basically the the only kick ins he didn't get was when like he was off the ground. Yeah, the, yeah. The only issue with Dawson potentially is tags, but I don't think that's something that you worry too much about. Yeah. Um. Okay. This next guy, Hayden Young, we were, we were both really keen on him, and this game. Kind of cooled me a bit on him. Yeah. He was nowhere <laughs> near it. And 
usually you wouldn't you wouldn't read too much into it in a practice game, but honestly, like he wasn't calling for the ball much. He wasn't taking kick-ins, which is the the thing. That's the big flag. Because that's, that's where the upside was going to be. Luke Ryan wasn't playing, so you're like, all right, Dawson's going to take some kick-ins. Awesome, and he still he still didn't take many. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, Nathan Wilson took the first one. And Yuck. Yeah. What? Yeah. That that's a huge flag. So the the other thing I guess is that's worth flagging about this for Young is that it's on the kind of like one of those out outdoor fields. I think it was um in Coburn in Perth or something like that. It's just like windy. They're not switching it much. It's not it's very different to playing at like Optus Stadium under the roof. Yeah, I'm well, sure not the roof, but you know, like it's a bigger ground and yeah. Yeah, I'm sure come Come the, the regular season is going to be screaming for the ball, but it was it was definitely concerning. The kick-ins is the main concern. Yeah. So I've kind of I've cooled off on Young quite a lot. Um Brayshaw was awesome if you're keen on him. He looked good. Personally, I wouldn't pick him, but it's Brayshaw. He's gonna be a primo. Rory Laird, same thing. Looked um, like he was racking up, laying tackles like he did last year. But I mean, 120 price tag. That if you if you like him, go for it. Um, the next one, okay, this is an interesting one. Matt Crouch, he looked awesome. He looked really good. Um, he was racking up in the first half. He started off the ground, so that's a flag. He still wasn't in there like first <laughs> center bounce rotation, but like the, he passed the eye test when he was on the ground. Uncontested footy, contested footy in the midfield. Yeah, he he looks like he's trimmed down, and he he looked fast, man. Com- he did look faster, yeah, yeah, compared to last year, especially. But it's interesting because we all know his upside. He could be a one ten plus guy, like he's he's got that that type of upside. So if he can lock down one of those roles in the Adelaide midfield, he is very very underpriced. Yeah, I I don't think he's a guy you'd start in classic, but it's one of those yeah. ones that you could jump. You on. just know that he has. So much upside. So you could launch into it if you see something. For sure. Yeah. Uh, ben Keys, just just sad, yeah, isn't it? Is. Especially for you, Keeves. He's one of your boys. Yeah, I took him with my second pick in our keeper draft last year. <laughs> and I'm pretty flat about it, to be honest. I thought he was going to be the next pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all there. Like he, It was playing massive tog. He runs hard. He tackles hard. He wants the ball, but he's just not in the midfield. In the midfield, eight percent CBAs. It's nothing. That, that is a buff. Yeah, it's buff just concerning. Worthy. If if his CBAs go back up throughout the season, he could be like a really good guy to jump on. Yeah, yeah. If he drops in price, yeah. But yeah, you, you just you couldn't start him. You can't go anywhere near it. Yeah. All right. Next guy we want to talk about is Wayne Miller. We touched on it before. Just okay. So in the first quarter, he did, he did look all right. He caught my attention, and then I realized who we would who I was actually watching. It's just a bit gross, isn't it? I can't I can't see him doing too much more than 70. Theoretically, like even like what he's priced at, if he did average 70, it would be fine, but you're not paying that that sort of mid 400s for a guy who's going to average 70. You he's want, not even you, a defender. Like he doesn't yeah, have death status. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's you can't squeeze him into your forward line. You not t- at all. Every time I've tried, my team looks rank. Yeah, I, I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's, for me, he's a bit of an, an avoid. Um, Luke Pedler, 
very quiet. Um, but it looks like he probably will get a game in round one. He was good in the um, in the intra club last week. Yeah, it was solid. So hopefully he has some sort of, you know, or he gets a gig round one and then some sort of JS. But I wouldn't trust him as a scorer to be on your ground. But Not yeah, at all. he's he's one to put down on your bench potentially. He's yeah. basically basement price. And um, Sean Darcy is the last one to talk about. I think he's being slept on a little bit. Could be good. He played he played seventy five percent ruck, yeah. like seventy five percent CBAs. Jackson was basically in and just like slotted in with lobs roll, which I, surprised me quite a lot. I don't like it. I do not like it. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> Sean Darcy burnt both of us last year. year. Yuck, man. Yeah, it's. I think. I think. We flagged this on an early pod, but it's not a face that you want looking back at you when, you, when you're going through when you're going through your team. So just for that reason alone, I think you've got to avoid. <laughs> nice. Um. All right. There's a couple. There's a couple more from this game that I wanted to. I wanted to touch on. Jom Jagger Amira is one of them. He started in the midfield and was moving really well. He has gone from the Hawks where his Midfield time was dwindling last year a bit, um, you know, to a team that's keen to use him. He's in the leadership group. He's done high 90s before, you know, four or five times, and he's priced at 82. I think he could go back to being that high 90s guy without without a doubt. And so, you know, that's he's potentially 15 points underpriced. Well, the incredible thing is he had the most CBAs for the Dockers. There you go. 80%. That's massive, yeah. That's huge. That's that's the role that he'd, he'd be best in as well. But having high CBAs, high TOG, I, yeah, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a career best year even at Freely. Like he's still young enough that he can sort of break out again yeah. and, and be like a, a lower primo. Yeah. Well, um, the flag is Brayshaw had 64%. So uh, the way that I see it, I think Brayshaw probably gets a bit of a bump on that come the actual season and O'Meara probably comes down a bit from 80%. Yeah. They probably but, balance out a little bit, around 70 yeah. each. Uh, l- losing 10% is is not really going to be much of a problem. Like He's going to be a, a first choice mid and that's that's all you need. Um, The other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't. My boy, Sam Berry. <laughs> dominated. Dominated. <laughs> He's the man, mate. He's Sam the man. 100 plus. The only man. Sam Barry, 100 plus. That's a Keebs guarantee. That is that, do you want to say anything else about this game? How did he play? It, just good. He just tackles tackles hard. He's in yeah. the f- first choice midfield. He's looking like he's hunting the pill a bit more, which is good. It's just a tackling, man. They, they, it, they accumulate so fast and it's so many points. He had three tackles in like the first two minutes. He's, he's a freak. <laughs> yeah, I watched, I watched the first half of this game and- he laid five tackles at least in that half. Yeah, he, he was awesome, man. It, if you watch him, he just hunts tackles. He's a, he's a freak. Also, uh, Sam Sturt played for Freo. Could be a, a good um, basement basement forward option. I don't think he'll he'll score too much. Maybe you could expect like fifty to sixty out of him, but oh yeah, 50, 50 seems reasonable. But he's a basement guy. He's a forward option. If he plays round one, you can you can lock him in. Nice. All right, so let's move on to North Melbourne versus Richmond. And the first guy you can just go ahead and tick off, lock into your team is Tim 
Taranto. What else is there to say? Like, we know what he does when he has the midfield role. He left GWS in order to get more midfield time. He was Richmond's leading CBA getter, and he played a good game. So that's just everything you'd want to see. Um, next guy, LDU, Luke Davies, Uniac was awesome. Um, he was he's been somewhat on my watch list the whole preseason because he was awesome to end last year. The concern with LDU is that he is probably due some more tags just because he's he's such a damaging player. Um, but he looked really good. Even with the tags, I can't see him going below 105. So I think he's going to be a good pick regardless. That's a big call. I Yeah, I'm, I'm dead set on it. He looked so good in that game yesterday. He was awesome to end last year as he well. He had so many CBAs as well. He was, their, he was their main man in there. I think he had like 80, at least 80 plus. It's interesting because North have so many mids that are breaking out now and looking to get into the, into the first team. So you'd kind of think that, LDU would lose some CBAs just to help progress his teammates. But and, he's and in that age bracket where they're like, nah, you go for it. He, yeah, he's, like, a, he's, he's an absolute beast. He's in that window of like, yeah, it's your time. But yeah. I guess the flag is that um, Cunnington didn't play, Simkin didn't play. I don't think that impacts it too much. No, I, I don't think so either. I'd be more worried about the young guys that need development, like Powell, Phillips. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, LDU, if you were keen on him, just you, he ticked all the boxes in that game. All right. Sheezel was awesome. Lock him in. He kicked what? Three snags. Yeah. Three snags. Yeah. And he like in the intra club the week before also played off halfback. So he's shown that he's versatile. He's versatile. He's, I can't see him not getting a game in round one. Based on the versatility, he seems like he's an absolute lock to stay in the team. And I think he's one that we can probably put on our ground as well. So. Yep. Jaden Short. Now he's he's one that we were all hoping would move into the back line. Um and he had 70% CBAs. And yeah, it's a bit disappointing, really, isn't it? Yeah. Because he's mid only. Yeah, he, he's um, he's not relevant as a mid only. No, nah, it's kind of sad, really. And in fact, he pushed up into the forward line a little bit as well. Yeah. If he gets it's that just depth. all the it's just all the things you wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah. see from Jaden Short. If he somehow does get that def- DPP, he'll be relevant. But until then, he's he's not. Okay, Jacob Hopper. For me, he's priced out of it. But if you're keen on him, he played he played a good game. He had the CBAs seventy percent along with Taranto. So, man, if you if you like him, he ticked all the all the boxes for you. I think his upside is low nineties, but I can't see him doing any more than that. So I don't think he's yeah, I don't think he's cheap enough. Yeah. Okay, so the next couple of names are all young North Melbourne players. We have Powell, Phillips, and Zerha. And I think you have to take some of these numbers with like with a gr- grain of salt because of the fact that we don't have Cunnington, we don't have Simpkin at the moment. But Powell had uh Basically, 60% CBAs, and from all reports, he's had a massive preseason. He's bulked up a little bit. I, I'm still bullish on his on his output this year. I think he's going to take a big step. He's 270K, so. Powell. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> he's 490K. <laughs> but, good, good save there. Yeah, yeah. Good thing you know off the top of your head. I agree. Yeah, mate. Nothing get, nothing gets past the, the J-Keeps. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, he does. He actually has bulked up. We sh- we shared something on the the cousins pod Twitter of uh, of Tom Powell and the the guns out. Yeah, he's he looking. Look, he's looking he looks yoked. Awesome. Yeah, he looks great. He could he could have a great season, but just as uh, he, he's an awkward price point four ninety. Yeah, it's because he's got that forward mid DPP. I think it's something that you could you yeah. could probably lock in. He he's my F six at the moment. So oh, you've got him in your classic team. Yeah. Wow. All right. I did not expect that. Um. Okay. Well, Keeves is big on Powell, obviously. Will Phillips two hundred and seventy k. Yeah, yeah, here we go. 270K, Will Phillips, ticked all the boxes. Should be great for round one. I think everyone should lock him into their teams. Now, this next one is interesting. Cam Zerha. Just never... <laughs> Keeps has given me, the, given me a shake of the head. <laughs> He's not keen. Um, nor am I really, but I think it, it really is a different role. He What what did he have? Uh, About 66%, I yeah, think. Yeah, 66% CBAs. So that I mean that's a lot. Um it looks like it's kind of one of those sort of um Jake Stringer type roles where you take the midfield and you're trying to win that center bounce clearance to go yeah. as a big body and then he kind of pushes back into the forward line. But I also saw him at a couple of like secondary stoppages as well, like a couple of throw-ins and he won a few clearances there. That's interesting. Yeah. So I really think there is upside, but again, no Simpkin, no Cunnington. You've got to wait and see next week when the full team is there. Yeah. If he does get those CBAs again, it it could be an interesting option. But like you said earlier with the LDU, well, like like we discussed, there's just so many young mouths to feed in that North Melbourne midfield. And I don't think Zohar's quite um, at the top of the list of, of guys that you want to get yeah. that sort of development into. So. Mm. All right. This next one, it's just exciting that he's on the list. <laughs> he's relevant again. Hog squad. King Zebus, Jack Zebel, Zebus Christ. He's back. He's back. <laughs> He's back. Back. He's back. Um, he had the kick-ins, defender role. You, you wouldn't pick him. <laughs> wouldn't you? Not me. Would no, you? No, probably not. But no. <laughs> after all that, it, it, look, if the season starts and he continues taking kick-ins and – is putting up – he's not going to put up numbers similar to what he did in 2021. But, but if he might. If he starts putting up like low 90s, it could be a, an option to jump on early. I just don't think he's going to. He's that cheap. But I hope he does. Well, he's what, 40 points? He's <laughs> <laughs> his price 40 points below. Yeah, his, pri- his price is 2021 60, average. Which is like 537K. It's ridiculous. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he had their most kick-ins. So that – that is a promising sign, but again, the the flag is that North Melbourne aren't going to play that same game style that they were um, under Noble that year in 2021. So, I mean, maybe he can put 15, 20 points on top of that. He can do 80, maybe. Yeah, I could. That's that's, eight, that's a reasonable. lot. Of, that's a lot of upside. But again, he's he's listed as a forward, and we all know this year in classic forwards are just so hard to. There are so many putting their hands up, and he, he's. He's got risk attached to him, so it's a watch. Do you want to talk us through this next one, Keebs? Yeah, Hugo Ralph Smith from Richmond. Uh, he took a couple kickouts and, you know, generally was was pretty lively, but he's so cheap that I think he could be a solid option this year. We kind of thought he'd have that breakout last year, and it he improved, but 
did, I wouldn't call it a breakout, you know. He he put – well, I mean, he didn't even really play the year before, so he, he in, increased his average dramatically. But, yeah, I think we could see that breakout from this year and I wouldn't be too surprised to see him go, you know, low 70s, maybe high 70s, especially with short out of the back line as well. Um, it's just an interesting option in defense because, as we know, the, the, the defense line is kind of lean, so it could be a strat to go with, you know, Ralph Smith, Hunt, Constable, like those those types, even though it doesn't sound sexy, they're not big names. They could they could be pretty consistent throughout the course of the year. And yeah, Ralph Smith, I think, is gonna have the role and is young enough to put some put some points on his on his average from last year. All right, moving on to Melbourne versus St. Kilda. And we're gonna start by talking about the rucks. So Rowan Marshall did everything you'd want to see. He was the main ruckman. Um tick him off. Now, Gorn and Grundy are the interesting ones to analyze when it comes to this game. They basically played 50-50 split. Um, Gorn took first center bounce, which kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought they'd both start on the ground, but Grundy was actually on the pine to start with. And then Gorn floated forward and Grundy came into the ruck. Now, Grundy looked awesome when he was in the ruck, but again, a 50-50 split. Well, it was it was closer to 60-40. Yeah, well, Grundy was like 58%, I believe. Um, But again, 60%, it it might be enough, but he's priced at like low 90s, so. I think it's it's more than enough. I think we'll see Grundy go back to being uh, at least a low hundreds guy. 60% 60 is heaps for for someone of his caliber. Like he's, he's literally the ruck pig. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's going to be awesome. Okay, well, when you put it like that, it, yeah, I guess you're right. Because to me, he passed the eye test. Yeah, absolutely. Like when he was in there, I saw him, he was winning hit outs. Like he was, both of them were dominating Marshall a little bit. Um, he was laying tackles. He was getting the footy. Like he was winning contested ball. He was pushing for plus sixes, uncontested plus sixes. It's the Grundy of old that, that I saw. Um yeah, so 60% might be enough to, to put like 10 plus points on top of his average. Yeah, j- just quickly on Marshall as well. Getting dominated by Gorn and Grundy in the ruck is is not an issue at all. Like there's no there's no flag or Marshall's not a dominant ruckman, so that's kind of expected, but he was good around the ground and that's all you need. Marshall still had a solid game. Like he, yeah. took, he took a couple of contested marks that I saw. Just, I, I mean like kind of more in like hit outs and, just the fact that yeah, even yeah. when he rotates off them, the second Ruckman is just getting chopped up by Gorn. You know what I mean? And that that is kind of the thing about Gorn and Grundy is that one of them at all times is going to, you know, one of them is going to come up against the other team's second Ruckman, whether it's Gorn or Grundy. I think both of them are going to be around the 100 mark. They're going to be great. Now, Jack Steele was awesome. Saw um, everything you wanted to see from him. He had 87% CBAs. He's, That's enormous. He's trimmed down a little bit. Yeah. He's looking good. Um, I think he's in both of our teams at this stage. Um, Brad Crouch, if, <laughs> if you love a pod, he could be a good a good choice. Well, he ended up doing 107 last year. Yeah, he was I think he was a top ten mid. He's very close to the to the top eight, yeah. Um and he came home really strong. With with that, yeah, he did. With that, with those really high CBAs as well. I think he's a genuine a genuine option. Um, you, he's not. There's probably not a lot of meat on the bone. 
But Man, if it was priced around 100 you could absolutely. seriously consider it. Because, like, if you look at Saints CBAs, you had Steel 87, Crouch 83, and the next was Windhager at 41. Yeah. It's- so, it, like... You're seeing straight away those those two are just going to be the mainstays, and then they're going to have a bit of a rotation of other guys through there. Windhager, Gresham, Clark, Sinclair—they're kind of figuring out who their others are. But you just see that these guys are their locked-in two best inside midfielders, best tacklers, everything. Crouch could do one ten plus comfortably, mm, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Um. Now, speaking of Windhager, he was good. Um, that that midfield time is what you'd want to see. Do you think do you think he'll be a tagger this year, Keeps? I think they might look at releasing look at releasing him this year and just trying to get develop the offensive side of his game. Um he could have really significant upside. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't think we'll see him used as a tagger too much. There'll probably be, you know, a game here and there where where he has a defensive role, but yeah, he could. For me, it's not a starting option, but it's like a you could launch into it because he'll still be cheap. Yeah. Um. So it's just definitely a watch. Now, Sinclair, talk me through Sinclair because you you were keen on his game. It it's funny. Like <laughs> earlier in the preseason, I was warning people away from Sinclair. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and was super concerned because last year was the anomaly in terms of his overall career. Um. But. 30% CBAs coupled with him last year having a, a monopoly on kickouts. I'm not sure how many kickouts he had in the uh in the game, but he'll definitely he'll definitely get a lot of kick out kill kick ins, kick outs, take your pick. <laughs> um, <laughs> throughout the year. Couple that with with some some increased CBAs, I think he could do the same again, maybe have a little bit of upside, but in defense, the line that's probably the hardest to pick at the moment. That's enough. Maybe. No, it's not for me, but I'm I'm strongly considering it now. Okay. Um, Clary, awesome. If you're keen on him, you could do it. It's not for me, but um Petraka also has had a big preseason. He looks like he looks really fit. Like he looks leaner, but still muscly in a way, if that makes any sense. Um but yeah, uh, Petraka, if you're keen on him, again, not for me. You could do it. Now, Gus is an interesting one. He didn't play any midfield time, um, but he was racking up off halfback. And I think that's what we're going to see from him. Um, the thing about Gus's role is that it's it's either going to be off halfback or it's going to be inside midfield. But I don't think we're going to see him on the wing anymore, are we? I wouldn't have thought so. Um because we got we've they've recruited Lockie Hunter, so um, yeah, I think Angus Brayshaw is going to be around the mark of a top six defender. It's it's probably just more a matter of when you jump on him, as opposed to starting with him. I I think he's priced pretty fairly. Yeah, when I when I thought he was a midfield lock, I was keen to start, but he could do one ten as a midfielder. But yeah, at this absolutely. stage, it looks like half back. Yeah, it's not. It's Salem. Not for me. There's question marks over whether Salem's going to be fit for round one. So I think they're they're keen for Gus to be a halfback player at the moment. Hunter Clark, Ugh. don't do it. Gross. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I am sick of the talk of Hunter Clark having all this potential because he sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
like he's always talked about as you know a player that could boom and be this fantasy starred or be an elite midfielder. He's not. He's just not going to be. He's just not a great footballer. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, what What did he do? I think in his second season he averaged like seventy nine. He's he, there is upside guns. He's had stretches, man. But at at a certain point, it's like surely you stop going back to the well and realize this guy is kind of just a tease that's never gonna, never gonna. I, I give him a bit more benefit of the doubt. He's always had injury issues. Um, last year I think he had a jaw issue. But yeah, he he had thirty percent, no twenty nine percent CBAs. But in he's his practice game. He's had the role at different points of his career, and it hasn't translated. Like there's no reason to to expect that it's going to now all of a sudden just because yeah. it's, it's a different year. The thing about Hunter Clark, he doesn't provide as an inside midfield. He doesn't provide speed. He's not explosive. And when you look at their main midfielders, Jack Steele, Brad Crouch, like they're both big tacklers, but they're not like those speedy, explosive guys like Sinclair and Gresham's, yeah. which, which I feel like Sinclair and Gresham are the guys that are going to provide that X factor in the midfield. And Hunter Clark doesn't feel like one of those guys to me. So, I don't know. I don't see him getting enough midfield time to be super relevant. Now, Philippou, the big poo-poo, um, played a great game. I watched some highlights. He um, he was taking like these pack marks over Max Gorn, just like jumping up. He's got, he's got a great set of hands. Um, the role is a bit of an iffy one. I'm not too sure. I, I don't think he's going to be a super high scorer, but it's looking like he's probably going to get a game round one. Um, I don't know. You got any thoughts on Philippou? Yeah, I definitely think he's going to be in the team based on what Ross Lyon has been saying about him. He's just been getting pumped up all preseason. Um, I just don't think he's got much of a ceiling as a scorer at this stage. So. Yeah. Well, it's a tough one because he's – He's not basement price, so yeah, he's about two hundred and eighty-two k. I think it's pretty expensive for a bench, bench player. But we might have to pay up for him on our benches. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's my F seven at the moment, so I'm doing exactly that, paying yeah. paying up for him. Mm-hmm. Same, same with me. Bench. Great. All right, let's move on to Collingwood and Carlton. Um, from a Carlton perspective, I don't think there are too many relevant players. Cripps was great. Hewitt was great. I mean, we expect that from those guys as inside midfielders, but they both put upside on their starting prices last year, which means that this year they're not really options for us in classic. Now, Chera was the one that we were watching for, and he just did not have enough CBAs for me to be interested, especially with Walsh out. Yeah, you you can't do it. There's still potentially upside, but... With Walsh being out and him still not getting that bump, it's kind of concerning for when Walsh comes back in as well. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, everyone's been throwing around stats of how well he goes when another like Carlton, main Carlton midfielder is missing. I think he averages like 105 or something, but <laughs> 40% CBAs is, is just not enough. Um, Doherty may, like, mainly played off half-back. Um I think he went into the midfield in the second half, but Riley Riley Beveridge on the Traders Pod basically said that Carlton flagged before the game that their the way that they started in that game is what they're looking to sort of structure up round one. So I think we're seeing Doc as 
more as a um, halfback player than a midfielder to start the year. Yeah, maybe have some stints in the midfield, but I don't think you can expect him to to stay there. Or I and I don't think it really matters for him anyway. He scores wherever. But yeah, yeah, he does. For me, yeah, it's Doc. But for me, uh, yeah, a, he's a trade target. It's like <laughs> if he plays midfield, he might have upside. But if he doesn't play midfield, he's just a beast. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's Doc. It's a win-win with Doc. Yeah. So all the all the current players, yeah, I mean they they'll be good players. None of them are really interesting me for classic. Now the Collingwood players are interesting because there were a lot of relevant names that we're all keen on. Um, I think the most relevant one that kind of the one of the really popular ones is t- um, Titch. And I think everyone was watching to see what his role would be like, what his midfield splits would be like. And it was just bad. Um, Collingwood just, they rotated everyone through that midfield. So Titch ended up with about 30% CBAs, um, which is just not enough. Um, And he spent time at half forward, uh, high half forward to be fair, but yuck. Yeah, yeah. You just, well, you were going cold on him before, right? Well, yeah, I, I mentioned last week on the pod that I've been going cold on Titch, and I'm kind of seeing him as a as a, a '90s guy now. Um, and a big part of it was the uncertainty of, of his role and how much mid time he'd actually get at a team like Collingwood that wants to share it around. So I think that's kind of just been confirmed. Thirty six percent, yeah, it's, less than forty. That's nowhere near enough. Hit, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, honestly, I think he's kind of in that stage of his career where he he wants to win a flag more than anything. He's already got a brown low. He's not not trying to rack up stats. He just wants to contribute to a team. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And Collingwood, so, okay, so we had Goey as their leading CPA getter. Yuck. Yuck, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Dacos was the second most, which is interesting. Maybe let's talk about Dacos for a second. Yeah, I... Love the combination of CBAs and kick-ins. Yeah. He gets both, which is which is really cool. He has upside, but I think he's the only Collingwood player I'm going to consider at this stage. Yeah, me too. It's just because he can't... Because I think Collingwood have flagged this early on that they want every single one of their midfielders to play two roles. So like either play midfield and then go into the forward line or midfield and then go into the defense. So for example, like Pendles... He's going to play mid and then go defense. Crisp, midfield, defense. Dacos, midfield, defense. And then the other way around, Dugowie, midfield, forward. Titch, midfield, forward. Um, Adams, midfield, forward. Um, Dacos is kind of the only guy that I really see like racking up big time in both of those positions. Yeah, we, we already know that he can score <clears throat> in defense. So the mid the midfield stuff is just a bonus. It's potentially a bonus, yeah. Um, but the rest of them, I just... It's too many guys that rotate through. Even Elliot um, got CBAs. Lipinski got CBAs. Josh Dacos got a, a yeah. few CBAs. Y- you can group all of those Collingwood guys together and just a nah. Don't yeah. don't, just, don't touch them. I I'm I've got a big flag over all of them. You were keen on Adams before, but yeah, that the, the numbers tell 40, the story. Forty percent is just not enough. Yeah, I'm not. I, I couldn't do. I couldn't yeah. touch it. So that's that's our big flag on all the Collingwood players. I made a trade for Adams and Keeper, which I'm feeling pretty flat about right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about Brisbane and Sydney. Just just quickly to jump in before we move on. Uh, 
I've heard good things about Cowan's game. Oh yeah, Lockie Cowan's game yeah. on, on Twitter. Um, yeah, apparently he's playing that sort of running defender role and, and could be a good chance for round one. So there's a, a defense rookie if if you're keen. Yeah. Oh, also actually another player to talk about, Darcy Cameron played R2, played second ruck to Mason, Mason Cox. Cox. <laughs> what is going on there? I don't Come know, on. man. Coll- Collingwood, it's, I mean, it worked from last year, but they're doing some strange, strange things there. Um. Yeah, you can't touch Darcy Cameron now, unfortunately. Look like he could be a great pick this year, but it's it's a no. Yep. All right, so now we'll move on to Brisbane versus Sydney. And the first player I want to talk about, I got so excited. I posted about it on Twitter on our Cousins page. The Cousins pod. <laughs> Errol Goulden. Okay, so first of all, I got excited because he was at the first center bounce. And I was like, I messaged you and I was like, Cuz. He's starting in the midfield. Yeah. And like, we're both just like a little bit excited by that. And then I was like, cuz he got the first clearance, like, and he, and he kicked a running goal, kicked the first goal of the game within 30 seconds. And he just, he stayed in the midfield. Like it, it amazed me. Mills didn't come in until like the third center bounce. So, and then Goulden, I just, I, I thought maybe they were just experimenting with it. But he stayed in there and he was their equal leading center bounce attendant. That's so exciting. Seven. It's so exciting. Yeah. As he's a player that the way that he plays, he's so hard. Like he loves to tackle. He goes hard at it. So it makes sense to have him playing there as an inside mid. Um, he averaged 95 in his last five last year and has shown a massive ceiling. I think he dropped a 159 um last year as well. So he could be anything going into the midfield. It's super exciting. It's yeah. He has a lot of upside. He's come into my team off the back of it. Like he, yeah, mine, mine <laughs> he really passed the eye test for me. Um, it's very exciting. The, the flag is that I guess, I don't know. Mills, Mills at 30% CBAs is potentially a flag. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just, with a practice game, I guess sometimes they might give a player that they just want to see how they go, a look, and yeah. just go, go go for it. You play as a midfielder and see how you go, just to test and see what their options are in season. I think we can expect those numbers to drop. Like he's not going to be the highest or in the top few, but you know, 50% mm-hmm. or anything is an improvement on the CBAs he was getting last year. So Yeah. Well, so when he wasn't in the CBAs, he was playing as a high half forward. He was roaming the ground. It's sort of the role he was playing at the end of last year, which he was he R- was scoring up, yeah. Yeah, he was scoring solidly for fantasy anyway. But basically he'd start at half forward, push up the ground and be at all the like secondary stoppages, all the um all the thrones, all the ball ups, those kinds of things. He was there. Um now the guy that kind of lost all the CBAs completely was um Florent. Yeah, yuck. Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of good because he's he's always been getting CBAs. Yeah. It's not like it wasn't at the expense of someone, you know, that will be a main set. Well maybe Mills a little bit. Yeah, you can't really expect Florent to go back in and take him over because he's not Golden is good. just like <laughs> twice the player that yeah, yeah absolutely. exactly. Yeah. So it's it's kind of promising in that regard. Um, Rowbottom was another guy that caught my eye. He um, 
started in the midfield, which I somewhat also didn't expect. I thought he would kind of be the first guy to rotate in. Tick the boxes. Yeah, if you're keen on row bottom, I think he did everything you'd want to see. Warner, also good. I mean, all these all these Sydney players are, are gun fantasy players, and they didn't do anything that would kind of turn you off except for Mills, who had significantly less CBAs. I was kind of hoping... I mean, last year we saw him thrown around in all these positions and you hear him in these kind of press conferences and he talks about priding himself in his versatility and he can do whatever the team needs. And it's kind of like, yeah, but he's such a gun inside <laughs> mid. It's just like surely, yeah, surely just let him do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like he's not going to be a starting option. And the, yeah, just he spent more time in the forward line as well when he wasn't Yuck. in the midfield rather than the yeah. back line. That's, that's not good. Even in defense, as soon as he moves out of the midfield, his scoring potential just drops significantly. He doesn't put numbers up in defense. So any any threat of him moving out of the midfield is just yeah. enough to turn me off completely. Yeah. So Callum Mills could be a trade target, but definitely at his price, you're just not starting with him. Um, now, Brisbane players, they were really interesting. So Neil, I mean, he kind of didn't really get out of second first gear even really he was he was pretty quiet but he he looked fit he, he's just chilling i reckon um dunks looked good he looks really lean he was laying tackles to start the game as well which is just exciting you know that he hits all the stat lines when he's in the midfield yeah he's in for a big year 70 percent cbas that's such a bump on what he was getting at um and um the dogs. The dogs. Yeah, sorry, I went, I went so blank there. <laughs> I kept the only word that was coming to my head was Brisbane at the Brisbane. The Brisbane. <laughs> it's been a long. It's been a long day. Oh, it's been so long. Anyway, we are going. Um, Humor cluggage. He was at the first center bounce, which I. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but um, I kind of expected him to get a bit less inside midfield time with the um recruitment of um ashcroft and dunks. ashcroft yeah and dunks exactly yeah but he was in the first one the first couple actually and he looked good so i i don't think he's a starting option but yeah you didn't say anything to turn people off him well his second half of the year was re was really good there is a little bit of upside i reckon on his price but i mean you'd, you'd be a brave coach to do it ashcroft Lock him away. He he started a little slow. Third quarter, he really took over. Yeah, he, he looked it. he looked awesome. Um, just lock him in now. Wilmot Darcy Wilmot was good. Um, what I really liked from his game was that he was on the wing, um, which means and and I think Fagan actually talked about it um, in his press conference. Um, it's it's just exciting that they've found a role for him because the thing that concerned me was that they have quite a lot of guys off that halfback with Rainer moving back there as well. Um, so they've found another position for, for him. So it's like, you know, they, yeah. they want him in that team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. His speed will be used well on the wing too. So the more he plays throughout the season, I think the better it will be. But he's, he's basement priced. It's such an easy lock. Yeah, on your bench, lock him in. Even... Um, I th I think on field he, he's my he's my D six so really yeah. on field him or him or Chessa I think both okay. could be awesome yeah now Connor McKenna mm, 
just uh, I, yuck. I didn't see much yuck of him, again, honestly. Yeah. I was looking for him, but I don't think, yeah, he wasn't great. And um, May, his job security is pretty iffy as well. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> and we have subs this year. Yeah, that's I'm not, not good. <laughs> I'm not touching it. He's always been overrated, in my yeah. opinion. Like, as, as an actual AFL player and as a fantasy player, he, he's never done anything of note. Yeah. Um, the one flag that is in his favor is that that game was super windy. There was just no uncontested ball, really. Like, the defenders all scored badly. The wingers all scored badly. Just anyone on the outside, There was it was just a very contested game. A lot of just, like, kicking it down the line type stuff. Um, so, may, maybe he could be no. better. But no. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> all, no, right. all right. Keeves has stepped in. Jake Lloyd, I mean, same thing. Like, all these uncontested plays looked pretty bad. Jake Lloyd wasn't really around the footy much. But he did take kick-ins, so there's that. If you're keen on him, he took the kick-ins. <laughs> as, as, long as, as long as Blakey's not in the team, I think Lloyd is a good option. But it just remains to be seen when he comes back and if Lloyd loses all his kick-ins again like he did last year. Yeah. Again, with these defenders, I think it's a wait and see this game. It's just a bit hard to read any data from. Coleman actually was good. Kitty Coleman. Um, I think... Not an option for me, but you're you're sort of keen on him. Yeah, again, it goes back to just the defense line being such a such a hard line this year. Um, being priced in the high six hundreds, like he's cheaper than a lot of those those other premium or or close to premium options. Um, and with Daniel Rich getting older, he should get more kick ins, like more responsibility. I think he he'll push his average up considerably this year. I'm just not sure what he'll get to. it's Yeah, it's hard to kind of predict. I he, think 85 plus is pretty reasonable. Yeah, I think so too. He's definitely one for the future. He went at 83 post-buy last year. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's already basically there. Um, maybe 85 to 90. Yeah, I could say that for Price sure. Price at 78. There's there's upside. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it, dep- it depends really how many kick-ins he's getting. Mm. All right, so that's that brings us to the end of the actual practice games that we had televised on tv now for the giants and the dogs they played intra clubs rather than practice matches they both decided for whatever reason that they didn't want to play each other which is frustrating it's so frustrating because there's so many relevant names and um you go oh i was just gonna chime in quickly and say i don't think you can really take anything out of the intra clubs like no. it's just it's basically just a training drill you're playing against your teammates or like vfl players it's like what is that? What is that to learn? Everyone has good roles in intra clubs. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, with with the GWS intra club, it was literally their A team versus yeah. their VFL team, and their A team was also missing Kelly and Cornelio. So when like okay, so the thing I'm talking about specifically is Tom Green. GW, <laughs> GWS posted this um tweet. That was like 50, <laughs> 50 disposals for this man after a new contract or whatever. Oh, what a load of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just that's just the biggest like headline grabbing load of nonsense. Like 50, 50 touches in an intra club against like you know VFL players. No, no disrespect to anyone, but you know, it's not hard to rack up in an intra club especially when you're playing against people that aren't on your level, just 
why why post that? It's just it's stupid. <laughs> I feel so exposed right now because he came straight into my team after reading. That. Oh, it's like oh no. Nah. No, but to be <laughs> okay. But to be fair, like you can only score against whoever it is you're yeah. playing against. Fifty yeah. touches is to, like, to, yeah. To be clear, I'm not roasting Tom Green in any way. Like Tom Green did as well as you possibly could. Like yeah, fantastic top job. Ticking all the boxes, but GWS, it's just a, such a weird, like, brag, like a, a weird pump up. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> so- yeah. Anyway, so I think for those two teams, for the dogs and GWS, we're just going to wait till next week when we have our real preseason games with all the stats. It's going to be exciting. It's good. Surely, <laughs> just to try and back you, <laughs> I'm hot on this. If they're keeping stats, on like if GWS are keeping stats on the Inter Club, release them to the public so we can see them. Yeah, surely disposes. Someone's keeping stats. Yeah, that's exactly. so true. Yeah, if some if someone's keeping stats, we should be able to get access to them. Man, we sh- that should have been in a hot bakes at the start of the. That is, we're we're, we're doing it now. We've segued into the hot bakes segment again. We're back, and we're ba- <laughs> we're just baking the giants. Don't be dumb. Yeah, and if you. Decide to be dumb, at least share it properly. <laughs> All right, we are coming back to you with Bird Merchants. Sting it! I am the Bird Merchant. Welcome to my store. All right, we're coming back to you with Bird Merchants. Basically, you know what it is it's a segment where we sell each other pods, we're at the market. And yeah, we want you to buy our produce. <laughs> the, the black, the black market, the the black pod market. Yep, that's it. All right. So the first pod I want to sell you on is Brody Grundy. And um, I mean, what is there to say? He's the rock pig, and he's under five percent ownership. Now the concern for everyone is that he's playing with Max Gorn. Now they played a sixty forty split the other day, but. Now, here's the interesting thing. They flagged the other day on, um, there's a new show. What is it? On Amazon Prime. What's that new? Oh, the doc about the um, the trade and free agency period. That's the one. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I should have checked this before. But oh, show me the money, I think. Show me the, yeah, we're calling it that. that show the, me the money. If that's not the name, <laughs> we've just gone with it. We've cooked it. But, <laughs> but please buy Brody Grundy. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. So- <laughs> we lost it. No, God, oh. come on, get yourself together. So, Brody Grundy. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we. All right, we're back for real this time. And on Show Me the Money, Brody Grundy said that him and Max are intending to play a 70 30 split in the ruck and that they're really keen for Max to play up forward. So even though they played 60 40 in the uh, practice match, I think Brody's uh, mid time is going to go up from there. And he really, really, really impressed me. He, uh, yeah, he passed the eye test. So Brody Grundy at under 5% 
Not that it matters preseason, but hey, he's it all helps if he's a good pick and he's you know lowly owned. Um, there's your pod, Brody Grundy. You didn't sell me very well. <laughs> what? Oh, cuz. Well, I, I was not keen on Brody Grundy. I'm keen on Grundy. I just wasn't feeling the sales pitch. <laughs> okay, it was. <laughs> It was a poor sell. It was a bit flat. We got we got all our excitement out with our with our love. <laughs> all right, who are you selling to me? All right. So my pod, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my stats first, and then I'm gonna tell you who it is. All right. So my pod had the most CBAs for his team in the practice match. All right. He's a first choice midfielder. Okay. He's a third year player. He averaged 91.2 after the buy last year and 11 tackles. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I know who it is. 1.5% ownership. Sam Berry, Ugh. pod merchants. Let's go. Sam Berry, 100 plus. You've already talked about him twice. 100 plus, Sam Berry. It's a Keebs guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't forget. Nice. Sam Berry. Sam Berry. <laughs> hey, at 1.5%. Not not that it matters, but 1.5%. Solid. That's a rock solid pod. It is, mate. All right, and now we have one more new segment for you. It is Fantasy Stocks. I don't know why I introduced it like that, but this is fantasy <laughs> stocks. And I'm sure you can guess this is a stock exchange. We are buying on players and we're selling on players. And the first player I want to buy in on is Tom Green. I'm buying all the Tom Green stocks there are in the world. We touched on it before. What more can the man do, Cuz? You can't. 50 yeah, you disposals. Can, you can't do any more than that. He doesn't get to choose who he plays against. He just plays. And 50 disposals is 50 disposals. In all honesty, he's going to have a big year, cuz. Seriously, I, I reckon he's going 100 plus minimum. I reckon about 105 yeah, is absolutely. where he can be. He's in my team at the moment. I, I'm jumping on the buy train with you. And as we know, we've talked about it week after week. The man is a hog. He's a straight up hog. We want to see the best for him. Um, Tom Green. I'm buying all the Tom Green stocks. Who have you got, Keebs? All right. I am buying stocks in a player called Sam <laughs> Berry. <laughs> Surely not. Well, well I mean- what more can I say? He averaged 91.2 <laughs> after the buy last year, 11 tackles. He had the most CBAs for his team in the practice match. We all know the stats, Keebs, by now. 1.5% ownership. Third year player. <laughs> He's doing it. It's happening. Sam Berry. You're buying Sam Berry stock. Do not forget. I will say this on every pod until his ownership goes up above 10%. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just kidding. Have you got a real one for us, guys? I won't do that to to the listeners. I do. I do. I do have a real one. My real, well, you know, it's real because I'm buying stocks in Sam Berry as well. But Jaden Hunt is my... Stock, my fantasy stock buy. I can't believe how hot on him you are. Just consi- like, I think both of us have always just been Jaden Hunt haters his whole career. I just think he's a rock solid option. Like, 
He's done 72.5 before, which sounds gross when you say it, but the guy's 379K, which is almost rookie priced in a line where there's a lot of uncertainty. Going to a new new team, West Coast scouted him because they wanted to, wanted his speed. They want the ball in his hands. He's going to play a fantasy-friendly role of halfback and, and probably on the wing as well. Just I'm buying so many stocks in him for fantasy this year. I think 75 plus, um, and that for his price is, is awesome. He's taking you to the promised land, huh? He is taking me yeah. all the way to the promised land. All right. Let's talk about who we're selling our stocks on. I am just, I've gone so cold on Tom Mitchell. <clears throat> just 30, 36% CBAs is just not enough. Fantasy pig, I have, I respect the man. I love the man. We all do. But I think, I think his days as a fantasy premium might be basically over. RIP pig. Maybe, maybe if he has a really bad season and then comes back just next year. Absolutely spuds it up for a year. Yeah. And then and then is nice and cheap next year. But <laughs> honestly, at what, 96? Is that where he's priced? 97? Yeah, there's not enough upside there. I um yeah, I'm dumping my stocks in Tom Mitchell. All right. My sell, my fantasy stock sell is Keys. Ben Keys. We we talked about it earlier, but he's lost all his mid time. It kind of happened towards the end of last year. I thought it was injury-related, but it's just looking like he's he's not going to be able to get back in there now. So um, he's still <laughs> he's still young and fit. It just gives me joy. Wow, that's I I, I love I love the Ben Key story. Like he got delisted, came back to the Crows, and just absolutely smashed it. Turned like turned his career around. But yeah, he's he's not going to be that that fantasy relevant player anymore. So I'm selling all my stocks and. Jumping, jumping off board. He's one to always keep an eye on because say, not that we like injuries. We hate, oh, we hate injuries oh, here. Terrible, terrible things. But mm. say, <laughs> Rory Laird hurts his little toe and misses a month. Two months. Two months. Say Rory Laird hurts his toe and misses two months. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Keys will be relevant a straight up buy. So <clears throat> you're just you're a day trader, cuz, aren't you? You're selling your Ben Keys stocks ready to buy low. I am. I yeah. absolutely yeah. am. He's not. I don't think. I don't think his days are over as a fantasy player. But no, nah, they've just finished for now. But he's on. He's on hiatus. You know. You know how it goes. Buy low, sell high, and he's high, and we're selling ready to buy low. Yeah, absolutely. So. See you later, Ben Keys. We'll see you in a couple of months' time when Rory Led hurts his toe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that has been the Cousins edition of Fantasy Stocks. And um, yeah, we're at the end of the pod 90 minutes later. It's been a, it's been a big are. one. It's been a big one. There's been so much to cover. Preseason is just going off right now. It's There's ramp, so much to watch. Up. I think- just this week, especially because there are no stats, it's like you really have to see it all with your own eyes um, to know what's going on. So it's just been it's been a lot, but we're here and we're we're just loving that we're we're kind of ramping up into the season, a couple of weeks away. It's so exciting. We're winning hats this year, cuz. Absolutely, we are taking hats home. It's yeah. it's exciting to have some stats for next week. 
Yeah. We'll be able to we'll be able to chat the pod and and have numbers to, to back up what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about today, actually, that's so funny about this time of year. You look like you scroll through your team. I was doing it this morning, and you just see so much potential. You see growth, every potential, player, yeah. and upside. And you just you're like, yes, I love you. You're how the am best. I? You're how the am man. I not winning the highlight? Exactly. And then like, the funny thing is, during season, all you see is like, you suck. Like, what are you doing in my just team? Just anger. <laughs> yeah, it's just so different. <laughs> but. We're all, it's just, it's that time of year where it's all growth. It's all exciting. We're all still optimistic. Exactly. Yeah. You only, you only see everyone go up. Fantasy hasn't made me depressed yet. No, not yet. There's a few months to go, hopefully. Yeah. But um, anyway, we're going to enjoy the preseason as it comes. You've been listening to the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. Follow us on Twitter if you want live updates on games, live opinions on what's going on we've got all the stuff coming to you at the cousins pod yep that's it um thank you so much if you've made it this far 90 minutes of complete bullshit no not (laughs) (laughs) no we love what we do and we're just going to keep churning it out because yeah we love it and um see you next time thanks for tuning in bye Your cousin, kiss your cousin, kiss him on the lips, kiss your cousin, kiss your cousin.